Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Judges 6.11. All right. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. So Gideon is making sure to thresh this wheat for his own people so that they can eat, because otherwise, right now they're under uh, oppression from an enemy, from a foreign nation. Um, they're basically under their rule and reign because of their disobedience to God. God let Israel be turned over to the power of the Midianites. And so now he's down the threshing floor threshing wheat so that the Midianites don't take all their food so that their people don't starve to death, right? Some people say that Gideon was somebody who was afraid and this is why he's hiding down there. But I mean, that might be part of it. But really, he's just trying to make sure that there's food provided for Israel, okay? Next verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. How many of you know that sometimes it seems like when the Lord talks to us or says something about us, he seems so far out of our scope of actually what's really going on in our life? Come on, talk to me today. Like the things he says, they seem so outlandish and exaggerated. God is with you. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What's he doing? He's just threshing wheat. He's doing everyday kind of work, right? And the angel of the Lord, this is the greeting. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I love the way God sees us. All right, now next, next verse. Because, I mean, it wasn't that Gideon was out fighting some battle, a waxing valiant in battle, right? Or he was just threshing wheat in a low place. And this is how the Lord greets him. Yeah, the Lord tends to call those things that be not as though they are too, doesn't he? Gideon said to him, oh Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? You ever prayed that prayer? Huh? Why is all this happening? Why are you allowing all this stuff? What's going on? Why is this happening? Come on, I've, I've done that. What's going on? God, what? And, and one of the first things we say is, what did I do wrong? Right? God, if it's my fault, if I brought this on myself, I'm sorry. If there's something I didn't think about, help me. But Lord, what's going on here? What's happening? Why aren't things looking like they're supposed to look? If you're with us, then why does this not look like you're with us? Where's the circumstantial evidence that God is with us? Because it looks like actually you've abandoned us. This is what my experience is. It's not that you're with me. It's that you're away, far away from me. All right? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, watch this, the Lord has, what? Forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of Midianites. So Lord, okay, so here's the deal. It's not that you said the Lord is with you. Okay, this looks like you've actually been the one who delivered us over to the Midianites. Now, now Gideon forgot something real crucial here. The reason that the Lord allowed them to be handed over the Midianites is because Israel had turned against God. But you know, when you're playing the blame game, it's a lot easier to point out here than here. You know, you shirk your responsibility in the deal and just say, it all is happening to me. And why is everybody always picking on me? All right? The Lord's forsaken us. Okay, now... 
this is the angel of the Lord, right? Now here you can just say this is the Lord. The angel of the Lord is always a representation of Christ Jesus, all right, of, of God coming and visiting men. The angel, this is the top angel. <laughs> this is the Lord. And this is what Gideon says to him. You ain't with us. You've forsaken us. You handed us over to our enemies. Uh, he's really kind of complaining, isn't he? So you can see, even though he's understanding, he's speaking to the angel of the Lord, yet his frustration is so intense that he can't help but just let it out. Next, look what the angel says. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of many of many nuts have I not sent you. Hang, hang on, back up just a second. Did you not hear a word I just said? Did you not hear a word I just said, Lord? First you greet me this way. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And then, you, then after I complain to you, say, go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the... Lord, come on. Hear what I'm saying. What's more important? That he hears what we're saying or we hear what he's saying? Both are important. But there's one that's more important. Hmm? Go in this might of your, what's so, what's the might he's talking about? That's my question. What did the angel of the Lord see that was mighty about what Gideon just said to him? The Lord is not with us. Matter of fact, I only hear stories of the miracles. My dad told me the stories about when, when, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and all those plagues and all that stuff, the ten wonders of God, yeah, and how they came out and how they walked on dry land across the sea was split in two and God did these miracles. It was a pillar of fire uh, by night and a, and a pillar of smoke by day and how God appeared and all these incredible things, how God fed the children of Israel in the, in, in the wilderness for 40 years, not one of them, like their shoes never wore out, their clothes never wore out, and he fed them from heaven every day. But my question is, where are those miracles? Because they're not here. That happened in that generation, but they're not happening in my generation. You know, my family, it's important that we as a church be hungry for what Gideon's hungry for here. Because this is what the Lord likes to hear. It wasn't even the complaining that got the Lord's attention here. It's the question, where are the miracles? And the Lord said, go in this might of yours. Because somebody that's looking for the miracles is going to see the miracles. Somebody that's asking the question, where are the miracles, is going to see the miracles. But if we don't, if we're not looking for them, if we're not hungering for those things, if we're not looking for the supernatural interventions of God in the natural course of life, then we're just going to live an everyday kind of average life. And when the angel of the Lord shows up in our everyday life and says things like this, go, the Lord is with you. Go in this mighty door. That's when we need to say, yes, sir, and respond to him because he knows ways we don't know and he sees ways we don't see and he knows what's down the road for us and God has miracles lined up for you. And he's, the Bible says that his eyes roam to and fro looking over the earth to see who really has faith because it's faith that gives us access 
to that grace of miracles. Now, we cannot guarantee when miracles will happen, but let me just tell you this. We guarantee that they do happen because God is a supernatural God. And I, you know, I'm happy to have seen many miracles with my own eyes. Is it okay if I testify just a little bit about that today? And some of these you've heard, but I just, I want to testify again because I, when I look back over, over, you know, my, my experience with God, my walk with God, uh, concerning just even in my own family and in, in our church through the year, churches through the years, to see uh, things that we couldn't explain, you know, God's, God's turnaround. For people, the breakthrough that happened in just a moment. Um, you know, one of those things was a couple of years ago. Uh, a lot of you guys know David um, <clears throat> Creel, who uh, is a member of our church, who was diagnosed with um, a, what he had all kinds of issues going, but especially with his pancreas. And because of his pancreas uh, uh, overreacting, his it began to shut down all of his other organs. And he was in the hospital, and his how star related ex wife's sister? Ex-sister-in-law. Ex there we go. Ex-sister. We'll just say sister-in-law. Anyway, Star is her name. And she contacted me and told me that he was in the hospital and that he had, you know, little chance to live. And she was wondering if I could come pray for him. So I went there. And uh, when I got there, we're in the waiting room and nobody could actually go in and see him at this time because uh, his, uh, couldn't allow anybody that wasn't, you know, didn't have the hazmat suit on and, and all that stuff because of the condition that he was in, because they actually had to, I uh, hate to be too graphic, had to cut him open uh, so that he could drain. He was so swollen and, and because his things were shutting down, he was filling up with water and fluids and all kinds of things. And so, but here's the issue. About this time, they gave him about a 4%, uh, no, uh, no, 2%. That's what it was. He was at about a 2% chance of survival. But if they cut him open, then he would increase to 4%. That's, that's the little chance he had to live through this experience. And, and so she, Star is telling me, she says, I brought some oil. I need to go in there and lay hands on him. I said, well, you know, we can't do that because nobody's allowed back there. We can pray right here in the foyer. And she's like, no, no, you need to lay your hands on him. And I said, well, you know, he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destruction. There are more than one way to get healed. And so we're here. Let's go. And she says, I'll be right back. I said, okay. So she goes to, the, to talk to the doctor. And the doctor gives her permission for me and her to go back there and lay hands on him. She says, I talked to the doctor. He said, but you got to get in and out. You got to be quick. I said, all right. There's something at work in her that's not at work in me, apparently. Right? I'm just like... Why, this, why did it have to be this way? I mean, I, God heals lots of ways, you know. I'm just not getting it. But she is in the zone. I mean, I, we call it the faith zone, right? I mean, she's like, no. I'm looking for the miracle, and this is how we're going to get this miracle. Okay, so I'll go in there, and she dumps some of the oil on. on and when I, I'm telling you, when I walked in that room, I was like, oh, God, I, can't, I cannot go by what I'm seeing right now. Because he looked dead. There was no color in him. I mean, just I just had to look beyond it and just be inspired by her. And I took that oil and I walked over to him and I just put it on his head and began to pray according to the Word of God. Because it, it could not be according to what I'm looking at here. Right? I needed something else to hold on to. 
And I, I just began to speak the word, just like I did here. You sent your word. You healed. You delivered from destruction. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He was wounded for our transgressions. I just began to speak the word of God, right? We ain't got nothing else to say. Speak the word. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, David is healed in Jesus' name. And walked out. Thought, we'll see. Three days later, he was sitting up eating. Three days later, sitting up in his hospital bed eating. And a few days later, he was out of the hospital. And it wasn't that long later that he walked into these doors. I just stood there amazed at the hand of God. I thought, how <laughs> incredible. I've seen miraculous power of God that, you know, when it's beyond our ability to do anything, then God is able, he's willing, and he does come to our aid. I love this about him. Another one of the things that, that uh, um, moment in my life was when I was in uh, South Africa for the very first time in 2013, and, and I was praying at this this service. Uh, it's called Airport Christian Fellowship there in Johannesburg. The reason it's called that is because it's right next to the airport. And Pastor John Wasserberg is the pastor there. And so I'm praying for people after I'd spoken, and then he wanted me to pray for people. And lots of people were coming forward, laying hands on him. And he says, I need you to go out in the parking lot. There's a man out there. He's too sick to come in. He's been diagnosed with stomach cancer, bad diagnosis. Can you go out to the parking lot and pray for him? I said, sure. Well, he stayed in the service to conduct it. And, and as I'm, they just opened the side door of the church and I walk outside. You know how it is to walk outside out here because it's kind of dark in here and you're blinded by the sun. You know, it was kind of like that. I was like, okay. And I see cars out there. And then there's a guy with a camera following me. I'm like, what is this about? And nobody describes the car to me. Nobody. I'm just out here like, what, what am I doing? And, and, then, and then I got the camera on me like, you better know, look like you know what you're doing, right? So I'm like, um. so I'm looking at cars. I'm like, and I finally see two feet propped up on a steering wheel. And so I'll make me over to that, my way over to that little white car. And, and, I, and I look inside and there's a man laying with his seat all the way reclined back. And uh, so because it was a smaller car, I opened the back door because that's where his head was. And I said, I said, hey, I said, what, what's your name? He said, Paul. And I said, hi, Paul. I said, I'm, I'm here to pray for you. I could see his stomach was really swollen, you know, outside of what's normal. And uh, I said, I was sent by God from the United States to come here in this moment to pray for you. And he said, oh, thank you. And so I, I put my hand on his belly. And when I did, it was just hard, like a rock almost, you know, odd feeling. And uh, when I put my hand on it, I just began to pray over him. And as I'm praying over him, I see this vision of him standing in a church service with a wired microphone. I've never seen the wired microphone giving testimony to his healing. And, and after I prayed, I told him, I said, Paul, let me tell you something. The Lord just showed me something miraculous. And I told him, he said, oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for praying for me. I said, you're welcome. Shut the door and went back toward the church. 
Well, on the other side of this car, something else was happening. Another story was taking place that I didn't even know was happening. But Paul's wife and mother-in-law are on the other side of this car looking in the windows, watching me pray for him. And his mother, mother-in-law, as I'm praying for him, she stands up real fast and she says, <gasps> and her daughter has to catch her because it's like she almost fainted. And she's like, mom, what's wrong? What's wrong? She said, look in there, look in there, look in there. Look in the back seat. You see those three men? They're three men. Those, they're wearing white. They're, those three men back there, what are they doing in the car? Who is that? And her daughter looks in. She only sees me praying for Paul here. I don't see these three guys. She says, who is that? And her daughter's like, Mom, I think you're seeing angels. I don't know. I don't know what you're seeing. She goes, there are three. You can't see those three men sitting in that back seat. She says, no. She said, you got to take me home. I can't deal with this. Well, here's the deal. Her mom was, uh, now, there in South Africa, the, the, the big denomination is called is Dutch Reform. It's like the Catholic Church here in our country. I mean, it's just a huge stronghold there, Dutch reform. Now, she is part of a church that does not believe in miracles, doesn't believe in, you know, the activity of the Spirit, that miracles happen today, or any of those kinds of things. But here she is now, she's seen with her own eyes three angels sitting in this car. And she don't know how to deal with it. Because everything about what she believes doesn't believe that. But she's seeing it with her eyes. <laughs> and so... Uh, after after uh, she takes her mom home because her mom is beside herself, and then she hurries up and drives back to service, and we're still having church. I'm still in there praying for people, and then she she comes in the back door, she runs forward, and she's like, Pastor, before we dismiss, i got to tell you something that happened. And so then she says, when you sent Pastor out to the car, well, me and my mom went out there too, and you know we're, we're watching on the other side of the car. She tells the story, and when she's telling the story, I'm like, What? The unbeliever got to see angels, but this believer didn't get to see angels? Lord, I've been serving you my whole life. How come I didn't see the, the angels there? They were there, and, but this lady saw them. And so people just rejoiced, you know, and it was, it, was, it was really cool. Well, one week later, after I'd been at a conference another place. I came back to finish one more service there at that church. It was one week later. And that Sunday morning, Paul's mother-in-law was in church. And as we were doing some ministry time, we were praying for people. She just comes forward and I'm standing next to Pastor John, the pastor of the church. And she, as we're actually praying for people for healing, just specifically for healing. And as he walks up to her, she looks at him. She says, pastor, I want to be saved. And he said, not only will you be saved, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he laid his hands on her and she immediately just began to speak in other tongues. And I was like, and I'm taken back to Acts chapter 10. When a man by the name of Cornelius has a visitation from an angel. Remember? He sees the, the angel comes to him and then the angel says, send for Peter. And then Peter shows up four days later and preaches the gospel. What was that gospel? To him, all the prophets witness, whoever believes on him through his name will receive remission of sins. And while Peter was still speaking these words, they began to speak with tongues. I'm like, this is like a, the whole Cornelius experience. There's an angelic visitation. And then he lays hands on her, on, on her and she has prayed a prayer, right? She heard the gospel. She believed it. And God gave her the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Astounding. 
astounding. Still ticked off, though, that I didn't see those angels. But either way, God works miracles yeah. Yeah. to see his, his incredible hand. And, and during this day and age, my family, at this time in the earth, what a prime time for us to see the miracles of God. Listen to me. The enemy has come, Jesus said, to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? So we know that this pandemic, this worldwide uh, uh, demonic work is from nobody other than the devil, which means we are about to see something other than the, the enemy getting glory. Right? As I told the earlier service, the earth, the Bible says, shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Amen. This is nothing but a setup for the glory of God to be demonstrated throughout all the earth. What a time to be the church right now. What a time to be a Christian. What a time to be alive right now in the earth. Because I believe we're going to see the power and the demonstration of miracles like we've not seen ever, ever, ever. Because there are more people alive on earth than there has been in the history of mankind, which means we need more miracles today. And we're going to see his demonstration. We're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see the church of the living God march forward in strength, in victory, and in might. And she's going to grow. She's going to increase because Jesus will be glorified. The kingdom of God will be expanded and the church will be built. Amen. And there are those who are bound that need to be set free. There are those who are diseased and sick who need to be healed. There are those who are oppressed who need to be set free. And Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to do that very thing. And his spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead is alive in you right now. The works that he did, you can do too. And you just be that active ready agent saying, where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? I want to see him. God, let them be seen in me. Let them be seen through me. Use these hands. Use this voice. Use my life for your glory. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, in my life, in my home, on my job, in my body, in Jesus' name, in my neighborhood, in my community, as it is in heaven. Let God be glorified. Thank you, Lord. Lord, do it in us. Do it through us. Show us, as Moses said, Show us your glory. We're ready for it. We need it. We got to say, God, we can't do this without you. There cannot be a turnaround. There cannot be a change without your help. And we're asking for your help. Help us, Lord. That your love, God, would break out. That there would be a pandemic of the love of God that would remove division and racism and strife and hatred and violence, that 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 spirit would be squelched and stomped to death once for all, and that the love of God would abound here, God, in the name of Jesus. You, God, are Lord of all. You are Lord of both heaven and you are Lord of earth. So we declare Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord. God is good. And the devil can go straight to hell. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen and amen. If you believe that, why don't you give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Lord. Where are the miracles? The miracle starts many times right here in your mouth. Because his word is a miraculous word. And when you speak the miraculous word, then you welcome miracles to follow. Amen. Amen. Where are the miracles? Look for them. Declare them. Expect them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.